This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Well, the diesel left us last hour at the bottom of the hour, so <laughs> it's Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Amuthan. We are the hosts of when we were talking with Billy about what vehicle you might want to be named after. Right. And I think I'd like to be named after the battalion truck. You know, oh. it's got the ladder on it, you know, and, and, and a lot of those me. are the big guy. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. Um, now, you have a thought of your own as, as we move yeah. through the break. What yeah, would you I said like robot vacuum. After? I don't know. It just seems kind of like cute. You know, they do their job like in the background. Ah, I like it. You know, you know how they say like, what's your spirit animal? Are we doing like, what's your spirit vehicle? Is that what we're doing right now? Yeah, I think so. Feels so you're like thinking it. something like, like the rumba. Like yeah, those, like the rumba. Those, those things that go, rumya rumba. Yes, but. Uh, sounds a, that sounds like I don't a know if I something. approve of the rumba yet though. So I'm, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> well, and also I'm sure that they would have something to say about, no, you're not uh, using our name no, please, and, and anything yeah. like that. Get no. out of here. Come on. Uh, uh, folks, on Fridays now we get a chance to visit with our gardener. Susan Kearney joins us. Susan, welcome back to the show. Hope you're doing well. Happy New Year. Yeah. Yes, and to you too. Yes. So, Sue, we were discussing the fact with Bill uh, <laughs> about... Naming yeah. people after vehicles because of the snowplow named after the Arkells member. Uh, is there a vehicle that you would consider that, yeah, that you kind of uh, would, would be flattered if you were named after? Or was named after uh, you, I should say. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't a like vehicles maybe? very much. Like, what's a good gardening no, no, vehicle? No, no I know. Yeah, I, I, oh, I don't. I don't even like lawnmowers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Too much noise. Eh? Worst example. No. Yeah, yeah. It's the yeah, job. And they, yeah, and they it's the job. smell like gas, and, and you know, oh, and yeah. you can't smell the, you know, the flowers. But um, when they cut the grass, does it ever smell nice? Even yes, it hurts the when grass. they go, when they leave, yes. Yeah, if they're a yeah, gas yeah. lawnmower, if they, if they leave. Or, you know, I think maybe um, uh, one of the horse-drawn um, buggies. Oh, oh wow. I That's love cool. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that yeah, that, really that would nice be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, one of those ones, I, I, that, especially I, I, now that t- take people on tours, especially a tour yeah. around mm-hmm. like big public gardens mm-hmm. or something like that. So, yeah. yeah. That's oh, what that we, would we, be course, lovely. Yeah, and of course we stereotype you into that, of course. Uh, so like, today we're so talking much. about, it does, right? Yeah. Um, we do this every week, talk all things gardening, and today we're going to mm-hmm. highlight the lovely cranberry. Sue, why do you want to highlight the cranberry? It, it is one of our uh, uh, North American native uh, fruits, and it's, it, it is one that, that I, I know that now uh, they are being cultivated in, in uh, different places, but it, it started here in North America, and uh, a, a very important fruit, and they, they would grow wild, and as I said, now they're being cultivated, but I just thought that it's, it's lovely because we may not realize all, like, all the things we uh, put cranberries into, uh, first right. of all, how nutritious they are, mm-hmm. and, and how long they've actually been here on this continent, and what a big part they have played in, um, in, in food for um, many people uh, uh, on this continent for you know, thousands of years. It's, a, it's an old plant. It's a member of the vine family, and it... it um, Likes to grow in in our northern uh, in our northern weather, it uh, and it likes sunshine too, lots of sunshine, and I I, I just feel that this uh, plant is uh, it's it should be highlighted more, uh, something wow. that we should be yeah we should be proud of you know it's a funny one Sue because like you say it's we don't even really realize how much it's used we think of it more as that November through December kind of thing that we're yeah. eating complementing food mm-hmm. but the other thing is the nutritious value because it's sweet uh, again sometimes some people say no it's tart no it's sweet I think and of it kind of has that age-old argument yeah. right and it's like um, an age-old I... argument yes and 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 eating eating them on on their own or drinking um, the the cranberry juice that has no sugar in it. Mm-hmm. Well, that right. that very tart. We we that answers yeah, the question, tart. eh, Sue? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. And I, I, what I found very interesting is this plant when it flowers, 
um, the flowers are pink. I I wouldn't have imagined that for some reason. Yeah. In my in my mind, they they were red, the same as the cranberry. Uh, right. No, they're pink. Well, we're so, so I, I thought disconnected, Susan. I mean, obviously, if we're not gardening and and planting our own yeah. cranberries, we're so disconnected. Mm-hmm. I think to the plant. And I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you if you can describe the actual plant for us, because I promise you, I've never seen anything but the actual cranberry. Yes. Okay. The plant. Is uh, it's it's a vine. It's a member of the vine family. Uh, they grow approximately eight inches tall, which isn't very tall at all. It's not a bush, mm-hmm. um, and it's not a tree. It's an actual vine. So they don't grow very tall, and they actually sort of creep around uh, along the ground, uh, very low to the ground. I would suspect that's where you would get all the the, the warmth. Um, the, the the sun would would warm up the uh, the soil and uh, it would get all that warmth. What is very interesting about the plant is that it, while it has its flowers on it and then it's starting to grow its fruit, the next year's generation of buds are forming uh, underneath, uh, underneath the, the vegetation. So it, it has two years of, of actual growth, one that is, is coming out to, for the, uh, the fruit, and then the other one that will start the flowers in the next spring, which I think is rather wow. interesting. Uh, that, it's it's kind of like it's leading a double life yes. in mm-hmm. that sense, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the plant, I, I have never grown them. Uh, it's actually on my, my garden list to see whether or not I can get a couple in um, plants to put into the garden. And even if I don't bring them to uh, actual fruiting. Uh, I'd like to have the flower because then um, it would feed a lot of our um, our, our pollinators, yes. our native pollinators, mm-hmm. uh, which would be kind of cool. But it is a plant I haven't grown. That I became very. Just haven't got around to it. it, Sue. Is that why you haven't grown well, it yet? I never thought about do. I never thought about doing it until I started. Um, reading about um, some of our, our native um, fruits uh, here in North America, and the cranberry was one. Uh, the other one is, of course, the blueberry, and then, of course, the Concord grape, which a lot of people don't oh, like. Yeah. I love them. I could sit down and eat I do, too, but I can never find them, Sue, because yeah, it's such a short period, yes. and then they, they disappear very fast. Yes, they, they they do because it's it, they really are only out in a, in in one or two weeks and mm-hmm. and um and and they go bad very quickly. They're not like the cranberry. Oh. I'll buy bags of cranberries and I'll throw them in the freezer Absolutely. so that I can yeah and I love them dried in. Is there in such hot thing cereal. as a uh, cranberry season? Like when do they grow? They grow. Um, they they start. Uh, they flower in June. And then it, uh, the harvest is ready in August and September. Of course, this would depend on our weather. Sure. Um, it's uh, because our weather seems to be off a little bit. Uh, we still haven't really got winter, have we? And that is the <laughs> other thing about the cranberry. It likes to be frozen. Um, oh. it, it, it likes to go dormant and the, uh, around it, it likes to have the fr- the freezing the freezing temperature in order to um, you know go into its its sleep time and then wake up uh, so that will be very interesting uh, because that's because it leaves that double life Sue yes it does it gets yes, tired absolutely. out right <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. yeah yeah do we do, do we really know much more other than the cranberry sauce it, it, like. A lot of us, that's all we think of it as, as I mentioned earlier, yeah. that November to yeah. December time. Is it well known? I feel like it doesn't get enough love. No. I, I think so. I think so, too. But I, I, I think a lot of people <clears throat> will, if they, they start um, drinking the cranberry juice, or I know that you can get um, cranberry uh, like p- pills. I think it's, it's dried. Yes. And, yes. Um, yep. Cranberry yep, tea. Sure. Um, oh, that's and, and good. And so on. <clears throat> and the cranberry tea is actually really, really tasty. I, yeah. I like it. And um, and I love dried cranberries. I'll throw a handful into you know mm-hmm. my cereal or my yogurt. I, I like them that way. 
And, um, a lot yeah, more in I baking think... lately, right? Your your taste, yes. and again, I you know I'm assuming that's real cranberry, not some knockoff of powder or whatever. No, it's like sweet. they put real <laughs> yeah. dried the actual cranberries in so many different things nowadays, like scones or or or, or you know cake or whatever. You mentioned yeah, um, yeah. freezing, Susan, and I've been using because you can get yeah. frozen cranberries, right? And I've been tossing them into smoothies. Because oh, yeah. I love the yes, tart. Yes, I did today too with yes. blueberries, and yeah, it was really good. It's really good. It is very delicious. Mm. But you're right. Mm -hmm. I I think that people are maybe they lean into cranberry, like you said, Kels, around the end of the year because you know fall, winter, exactly. cranberry yeah. naturally. Yeah. But yeah, throughout the year, there's so many health benefits. Mm. Oh, ab I absolutely, extremely healthy. And I think your smoothie business is what now carries it through to that time and sure. some of that baking. But it right now mm -hmm. is one of those hot things. You know, Sue, we hear this all the time. Something is big for a little while, uh, yes. depending on, you know, and, and for, for maybe a few, four, five, six years. And then mm -hmm. we cycle to something else that we ne and use it in a way we never thought yeah. of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ab ab yes. That, yes, that's true. And, and I think the cranberry, I think it's starting to... Um, we actually found a, a really good mocktail um, over the holidays that, that we mm -hmm. made and, and uh, freezing cranberries in ice cubes with rosemary and then put them into um, a, the, the cranberry juice with a, a twist of orange. It was absolutely, that absolutely delicious. So good. It's uh, Yes, and it's it's actually becoming our, uh, I've, I've got oh, a whole tray of the With the rosemary? And, uh, that is gorgeous. With, yeah, you put the rosemary, uh, put the cranberry onto the rosemary, put it in um, the ice cube tray, fill up with water, and it's, it's, nice. it's really delicious. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, Sue, can you freeze the Concord grapes? <laughs> no, I don't, think, I don't think you can. No, I've, I've never done so it. I don't think Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I've never good. done it. it no, I think they go all mushy. I think. Uh, yeah. Well, if you try to get them to, yeah. Like, but you could add but, frozen yeah. grapes smoothie, into your drinks. Yes. Your smoothie yes, you could. Yeah. Or, yeah. or your mocktail. <laughs> Suze, we'll carry this yeah. on next Friday when you're back. Good. Yes. Thanks, Sue. Bye. Talking with our gardener, Susan Kearney, you can uh, tune in for these conversations every Friday right here on Kelly and Rumya. Please do so. A lot of talk, a lot of thought, a lot of education, folks, uh, about gardening year-round right here on the program. We step aside for just a moment. There have been some new partnerships in the audio book world. We'll get the latest with Ryan Huey on the Chatty Bookshelf in two minutes. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. You know we're getting you in shape, ladies and gentlemen. For what? The weekend. We're swinging open this big gateway to your weekend. It's a Friday edition of Kelly and Rumya. Thanks wherever you're listening in. Appreciate your time. I'm at the Holton Studio at London, Ontario. On the screen behind me, ladies and gentlemen, the city of Toronto, our friend the CN Tower, all with a bit of haze around it, um, and some pillars in front of it, our white and uh, purple uh, pillars that are, are, are the colors of the program. They're right there. Up front and forward. Rum, she's at the uh, studio in Toronto. Yes, I am. And kind of a similar background, I think, for me, Kelsey, except it, it's the physical set over here in Toronto uh, with the white table in front, the curtain with our Toronto skyline behind me, and the white and purple pillars. Now, on Fridays, we like to talk all things audiobooks because it's a nice way to get into the weekend, give you some recommendations and good news in the audiobook world most of the time. Let's bring on Ryan Huey. Mm. Who knew an entire library could fit inside your pocket? I'm Ryan Huey. This is the Chatty Bookshelf where we talk audiobook trends, news, and author interviews. Oh, I can't wait for those author interviews. We haven't had any yet this year. I know it's still fresh in the game, but Ryan, how's it going? <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for having me. It's going wonderfully. I'm actually up in Huntsville, so snowy oh. Huntsville. Quite different uh, than Windsor these uh, this time of the year, but I'm having a lot of fun. Cabining? Windsor's, Windsor's so far south, that's why. 
Oh, Airbnb-ing, I guess okay. it, would, it would be. Yeah, but uh, re- really cool. I went on a, a goat walk uh, yesterday, and it was uh, kind of interesting what because the the, sen- the sensory uh, was not just, you know, visual. It, there was audio. There was the snow. It was actually off-roading. It was really, really cool. Um, and you got to, at the end, I didn't because I had a guide dog, so they do allow service animals, but uh, you right. get to kind of leash up a goat and take it for a little spin. Oh. So it was it was really yeah. cool, actually. I heard so about nice. this on the news recently. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, a, and I can't remember, Ryan. It might be up where you where you are, but I've I've heard of this and just the experience and the the little pep talk they give you before you go out with your goat and walk your goat, and it sounds so fun. Especially since we know, again, going back to what we were saying earlier, Ramya, there are certain animals people are just just fall all over, like dolphins and and exactly. goats. Exactly. Yeah. Goats. Yeah. yeah. Goats are getting a lot of hype, which is so weird to say, but it's true. <laughs> you know, goat yoga and now goat walking. I'm not sure. I feel like petting zoos. Yeah, it's just everywhere. It's kind of cool. But anyways. And it was a kind of a Stranger Things vibe, too, with the music and the, oh the, my. the explanations and stuff. It was really cool. So they got a really cool thing going on up here. So check it out, guys, if you're in the Huntsville area, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk about audiobook news. What's going on yes. this week? As always, there's always something new. And what are we always saying? Partnerships, partnerships, partnerships. So another one has come our way. But with this one, it's interesting because typically you would have the partnership and it would be basically all good news. But this one has this, I should say a little bit, but a lot of bit of controversy surrounding it too. So uh, it's really interesting. And I can't wait to get into the discussion because I think we're all avid audiobook listeners. And uh, there's so many different sides to it that I'm really, really excited to to let you guys in uh, on and the listeners and the viewers in on what uh, is going on, because this one is kind of huge. There's a lot of people involved. Wow. Okay. Tell us some more. What's the beef? All right. So the partnership is between Bookwire, which is the leading producer of digital audiobooks uh, other than Mm -hmm. Audible. So uh, what they do is they have everything is digitally kind of made. There's no human interaction. There's no human anything. So they've partnered with the Google Play Bookstore and every book that they have the rights to is now going or that the Google Bookstore has um, the rights to is going to be produced into an audiobook. However, here's the controversy. It's going to be AI narrated. So it's going to be what's called auto auto narrated. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess you got to pick and choose what side you're on. Are you, I just want more content and I'm good with it. Or are you living and die by the human narration, right? So there's all kinds of different people involved uh, with this one. And it's it's bringing out some some pretty heated debates, but also some really interesting comments online uh, on your Twitter, on your Facebook and on Instagram. So it's that same discussion of the sound of a narrator, human narration, and the Daisy Books audio that we have, or when we talk audio description on TV, the ones now that are, whether they're a human or the uh, the automated voice. Yeah, like what is it going to sound like? Are they trying to make it sound human or are they saying, here's Siri with your audio book now? Interesting you bring up that. We'll talk that. We'll talk a bit about that in a minute. But I know that what they're trying to do is actually kind of make it sound a little bit more human. But okay. how human can you really get it? I mean, Freedom Scientific uh, is trying to get the Jaws guy to sound human for years and years and, and years. Be and, hey, and be affordable. And be affordable, right? Voice over Alex is actually quite good. <laughs> One of them is quite good. Yeah, One yeah. of them's quite it's good. The male. But there's so many choices now, right? So it's like you download four or five under your phone, and that's all your memory. It's like, oh, I'm going to switch back between uh, Alex and, and some and of them Lucy cut out. Like they, they, yeah, some of them are rough. I still find that again, you lose certain things. Now, I think what I'd like to know from the two of you is what you said, Ryan. Are people who are used to, and some would argue, as low vision blind people or screen reader users? Let me say it that way. What are we whining about? We're used to listening to something like yeah. that. We're used to reading yeah. stuff. So it should makes... be an easy adaptation. However, we all scream for it would be nice to have the, uh, uh, you know, the voice reaction. Um, uh, I can't even come up with my word uh, of a human voice instead mm-hmm. of the enunciation, the pronunciation, the feeling. Um, so I don't know where the technology is that they're using, how much we're going to get out of that, or if it is like the Daisy book where y- you can follow on. Sometimes the odd word or beginning of a chapter is cut off because of the way the technology, whatever the faults that are going to be wrong. But quantity, guys, over quality. Which one, Ramya? It's, it's huge, right? It's huge. And for yes. me, 
I live and die by the human narration. Um, and that's just because, you know, working all day, you listen to Jaws, you listen exactly. to Siri all day long. I don't want to listen to them read a book. But again, I'm only one person. There could there are others out there that, you know, maybe they speed up the audio so it doesn't matter to them. Maybe they're reading <coughs> something a little <coughs> bit different. You know, maybe it's more of a textbook style than a thriller from, you know, Hannah Mary McKinnon or, or someone in that realm where, you know, you don't really need to hear the tone or anything because I don't know that the AI narration would have much tone i mean i get the emails read out to me and i can't tell tone so i i mean maybe maybe there's something getting going better. on there but right it's it's kind of a, and you have the, <laughs> it's like, getting better the it's right? like the daisy books when when it asks you who are you and it says who are you like yeah that. yeah yeah no it's definitely getting better like i don't want to comment too much on the the quality of the ai voice because i genuinely think that it's actually getting better like people are doing yes. much better the machine learning is getting better whatever, right? Get it as close to human as possible, then I might be on the other side of the argument. But I agree with you completely, right? I listen, and maybe that's why, Kelly, the point you brought up about screen reader users and where we fall into the argument versus just people loving audiobooks, maybe not identifying as having a print disability. And the question is, or my statement is that I listen to screen reader all day. There's no way. Like, I will only go into a, a book with a screen reader, you know, simple as downloading the ebook and listening to it using screen reader because it's educational or short and feels ah, like an article you're full of balloon I'm juice. serious. When it well, comes to that other... old all-day business, <laughs> we listen to nonsense all day, and it, it's just beautiful having, I know from the era of volunteer readers, people we used to call them out yeah. on the quality of readers. That's a volunteer giving up time. They're yeah. not a professional and reader. Bad... You leave them alone, right. Yeah. right? There are definitely not great narrators out there, and right. books where you, you're not falling in love with the book because of the narrator. I'm just saying that... When given the opportunity, I'll always pick human narration. Agreed. Oh, and then it brings question. up another point, right? Like cost. Right. Uh, the AI is obviously cheaper. So, you know, the quality, yeah. uh, you know, if you're a guy that reads 200 books a, a year, then maybe this is for you. And, you know, it fits the budget yeah. and, and you, freshness, can, you can kind freshness of speed through too, them, right? Ryan. Exactly. The new books, yeah. uh, there was an era, those of us who came from that era, where we, we were just happy to get a book done and a book available to us in audio. Ramya, you like that newer book. If you hear someone talking about, oh, yeah, the you a new release from exactly. so, you okay. want Well, the, the newness of the release. Mm -hmm. I'm talking, if you know that people are talking about a bestseller right now, not that long ago, we had to wait for ages. Oh, it's a bestseller. I guess we'll yeah. make it into an yeah. audio book. So people back then, would have killed to get a form they could have used jaws to listen to it or whatever sure. because then they're current and whereas someone like myself would hey man I don't have to pay for the book I'll take it and I'll listen to it and I'll enjoy yeah. it because it's still new to me whether it's a 30 year old book or not and really I think there's that traditional factor too right because when, what was the first voice we heard mom and dad or our parents reading us right exactly. parents, yes uh, aunts and uncles exactly. reading it's storytelling us, right? so, there's that there's that nostalgic feeling of hearing a voice read right and then there's the narration community that they're up in arms because Oh. Sounds like one of my sci-fi books, but you know they're slowly maybe being replaced by machines, by robots, being, and that's you know, scary. Taken out of there, exactly right. So what's it's next? It's brand kind new of their for argument. them, Ryan. Like yeah. this is brand new. We sit here raving about, like Ramya said off the top. Be when do we get our next narrator interview or author interview? That would be nice. And here these folks are going to be saying, "Yeah, we'll see how long we're good for." And I don't. We become just to put Eight. everything on the table, I don't think, no matter how good AI gets, they will not perform as well as human narration because human narration yeah. has the human touch. That's just what draws the difference, right? Like machine learning can only go so much, but or so far. Uh, however, you know, when we're reading eBooks, like already we're probably taking in some degree of reading using synthesized voices. And in those examples, I prefer to have something that sounds more human than just like a, a robot reading so my voice. You don't think so we I won't get lie. to the stage where we could get AI to sound that way? No. I think we could. I don't think we will because in no. the meanwhile, we will tolerate what we because... get and, and it's cheap. Like okay, no fine. one's going right. to want to spend that money. Let's say you can get AI to sound so human, so impeccable. Right. You can't tell the difference because we're always doing these comparisons, right? But mm -hmm. will they do all the character voices? Will they do... Uh, 
will they be able to? Does that tech, yeah. is that built into the technology? You could, you could program Jaws to read. Well, then you're hiring all these all humans to make sure to quality check yeah. all those. Might as well hire a narrator. Yeah. That's what. I, and that's a big thing. Bookwire has said that they're going to go through a crazy amount of quality exactly. assurance testing uh, to yes. be sure that you know we have. Uh, let's say, for instance, and sorry to call, it, but Ramya, my screener does not pronounce your name right. So is yeah. the nope. AI going to pronounce? the names in the books right or the mm. words in the books right so there there's that piece too and then there's always the competition piece so this is google making its big move right uh this is coming on the heels of apple actually saying hey we're going to start uh you know in the apple book app we're going to start having the ebooks read into audiobooks by our uh, our narration which you know, Ramya has mentioned earlier, you know, Siri. So if your dream is to hear Siri read her, <laughs> you know, read you a book in her deep South American accent, then everyone's you know, coming true in a couple <laughs> months, right? So you, you never know and what's it's, coming uh, next. It's scary because people are getting away with it because people have GPSs that are all these voices. Of course. And it is. they've never and experienced okay. what we have. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's why people will say, well, it's okay to tell you, turn left or right. who are you? Yeah, you're human enough for that. Saying. I don't know about that's human right. enough for a whole book. I think, yeah. like, this is the way that I can best put it. I feel like it flattens my experience of a book. It just, Agreed. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel... It, it can feel, change the interpretation to you as it well. It doesn't feel full. It, it really like, feels like half an effort, or I have to put in more effort to love the book when it's not human narrated, when it's not quality um, performance. It just feels like I'm only taking so much. Selfishly, I can't get Siri on the show, right? We're, we're looking for authors and narrators to come on the show. I, I think I'd have a hard time getting Siri on the show. And, you know, how engaging would she be? We'd probably lose yeah. some viewership there. <laughs> yeah, no, we can't get Siri on the show. It's kind of cool, though. It, it, it is a, um, like we're heading this direction anyway. So it's interesting to assess once in a while as we move along and as voices get better and audiobooks get big and well, narrators start getting so much attention. It's, uh, you know, our perspectives as we go. So is it possible that, and uh, gosh, I worry more about the narrators than anyone being put out of work. Is it possible that with all the money being thrown at audiobooks now, that vast money goes into creating that voice so that in the long run, they do save money and we get that uh, artificial voice that sounds as close to real as possible, whereas we couldn't get Simply that with Jaws because each of us had to, yeah, for audiobooks <laughs> versus us trying to get it for Jaws. Yeah. But well, no, because they got to pay for it. Nobody can afford it. This is the best you get. So it means we'll see, see what it. I'm interested in. Is what's the next step? We have Apple's yep. move. We have Google's move. What's Amazon going to do? I yeah, hope they're not yeah. going to do AI. But what are they going to do with Audible now? Are they going to hey let's uh, let's go against the yep. the wind and say hey let's hire more human narrators or let's do this because I I'm curious. Well, and to we see already what know the, where they the, stand yeah. with quality performance, exactly. quality production. Well, definitely, and they have the that. money to create that voice we are talking about that we're missing. Yeah. Right, we got to yes. go. Thanks so much. Happy 66th birthday, Dad. Love you lots. Aw, there you go. Shout out. Happy birthday, Dad. Ryan Uwe on the Chatty Bookshelf. We'll be right back after this with Cut for Time. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Man, some hot conversation on the program. We're going to continue that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we appreciate Ryan Huey being with us for the Chatty Bookshelf and really making us think. Kelly McDonald with Romeo Muthan. We are the hosts here of the program. And on Fridays, we like to get to cut for time. Now, we also want to suggest you check out the podcast where you can subscribe and listen to our audio vanity card on the second portion of the uh, Hour 2 edition of the Each Day's podcast. You can listen to that. That's created by a member of the team, Jeff Ryman, providing that for us today uh so subscribe and if you don't mind maybe give us a rating and review while you're in there um Ramya, by the way located on twitter uh if you want to reach out to her at all rams in case you want to get on this conversation with a z on the end i'm at ami kelly mac so we'd love to hear from you there love to hear your remarks via via uh our podcast platform whichever one you like and subscribe now grant hardy also joining us for discussion we will be as we go through this suggesting some areas you may want to go back to and check out via 
the program podcast. But I'm going to start with us today, guys, uh, with this first one, okay, as we reflect over the week. On Monday's show, we spoke with Danielle McLaughlin, our regular uh, contributor, to talk about knowing our rights on the program on Mondays. We talked about lack of representation of people with disabilities in broadcasting. Here she is giving some stats to back all that up. So we know that there are a lot of very talented, skilled people living with disabilities yes. who are entirely employable and guess what? Not finding work in that sector. The, in fact, the representation has only improved from 1.7% in 2011 to 3.7% in 2019. Now, oh. I mean, people will say, wow, it's more than doubled. Well, you know, that's not good enough. It's still a no. tiny, tiny percentage. And, you know, we have to keep asking ourselves, why? What isn't happening? None of the, there were 17 employers who participated in this audit. Uh, these are in the, in the telecommunications um, uh, industry. 17 of the employers who participated in the audit met all their legislative obligations. Only half of the employers that participated in the audit reported that their workplaces were accessible and barrier-free. So, I started at AMI uh, 22 years ago, uh, pretty well. And it was always a dream for me to work in media. And of course I wanted to be that person that worked in my local area at a, at a broadcaster playing music. Fast forward ahead, here I am, a co-host of a national program. Never ever would have thought of that. So I say fedora's off to what we've been able to do here. Now, some of the components that for me are important when I started to do television work and then on to doing uh, Kellyco and here to where we are now, wasn't just getting that chance to sit there and, you know, hey, you know, I would have been happy being Mr. Yeah, the next song is uh, as a DJ. But things change. Jobs are hard to find post-college. Getting through college at the time, tough. You know, yeah, it's not accessible. Um, you're always going to run into those things and have to advocate for yourself, which makes it harder on people finishing and more of us with disabilities being in the community uh, out there uh, in, in jobs that we want to do. So along comes the broadcaster that creates content for the low vision and blind community, basically the reading service of Canada versus many of the reading services that are in the United States that are state run or funding through the states and, and, and that kind of thing, but more focused in their state areas where we have been always focused nationally. So you know the history that way of what AMI-TV, AMI-audio, AMI-tele does and some of the other things that we, we did more of even in the past as a, as a reading service back when. So get job, one, two jobs, move to the TV side. One of the most beautiful things that dawned on me because we used to say we were Canada's most kept secret and, you know, was first of all, getting more of representation here, getting more people out, working hard and creating content for people out there. But one of the things that some would say, oh, is that ego driven? That I enjoyed the most was when people walked up to me and said, hey, saw you on your show. I'd like to know something. Oh, what's that? Yeah, thank you for watching. And they would proceed to ask me about something I had done, but this is particularly when I was doing AMI this week or on Blindsighted. And what really blew me away was the fact they were asking what I was doing, how hard it was, but just in general. They didn't say to me, well, as a blind person, my goodness, I'd like to shake your hand because you're, you're getting up in the morning and going to work like so many of us do. And it was nice that they were not shocked seeing that person who's vision impaired. I've said this before on the show, that, that kind of has gone past in the 10 years AMI-TV has been around, and I love that when people bring that up. It's so crucial, so important to me. So now we've got others, such as Grant, Rumya, that have all come on board here. We have shows that we're out here finding content like Billy does, or like the Gang in the Morning Show does, and so many of the other audio shows that are out there, Stephen and them from the UK and more, bringing us so much amazing stuff to share with you and talk about. So one would argue, guys, and uh, I'll hand this over to you, Grant, first. Uh, one would argue, then, if we're able to do that, we know we can apply for a job anywhere and try to get it. 
we kind of have that advantage of the experience. But we all know in the broadcasting field, even people who are not in the disability community have lost lots of work yet because of automation, things that have been going on. I know when I was in college, Grant, we were already hearing about, hey, there'll be no more night people needed because they can do stuff by satellite and put a show on 300 radio stations where you don't need 300 nighttime announcers. Huge dent and changed everything for us. Kind of curious where you're at when you hear this subject, when you hear those stats that Danielle laid out to us, where are you feeling? Yeah, well, I, I think that it's very unfortunate because when you look at the amount of people that have or will have a disability, it's something like at least, what, a quarter or more of the entire population. Um, In time, yeah. As journalists, you aim to you know, represent the community that exists. And that includes, you know, across races and genders and abilities. And so, you know, that's unfortunate that kind of a, a minority of people, ironically, who aren't the minorities, but a, a minority of uh, people are being represented in the media. I do think that it's interesting that in our community, and I know I also too had a huge fascination, huge fascination with radio. And radio is unfortunately a bit of a shell of its former self, like you said, because of all the automation that happens. You can take a morning show, you can play sort of hour one of the morning show in hour four, you know, and have a different audience listen to the same stuff that the first audience missed. You can syndicate a program to thousands of uh, stations. Uh, you can, I read about news stations that even automated themselves in the States. People would tune into the radio to hear some sort of breaking news and there is no one actually at the station and they would just be listening to automated uh, recordings. And it, it was kind of crazy and, and, you know, a sign of the dystopian times uh, for the age of radio that we're in. But I think we're also dealing with the same kinds of barriers that we find across uh, jobs where, you know, no one will blatantly, well, some people do blatantly discriminate against people with disabilities, but oftentimes you'll see things like, you know, to have this job, you require a valid driver's license. Uh, or, you know, you require a certain visual, uh, you know, acuity. And, and just in that way, they can use certain criteria to really screen out people. Uh, it's un unfortunate because I think, like you said, we've really proven that it can be done. Uh, we can do it. People like the content uh, and uh, we're good. I think the other thing that's been a little bit difficult for me over my era of broadcasting, and I don't really mind this a lot, but kind of escaping the idea of being a blind reporter where people, mm -hmm. I'll be like, yeah, my PR person, you know, is telling me that, uh, would you like to talk to a blind reporter about this? You know, wouldn't it be great if we lived in a world where it could be, uh, you know, oh, this is reporter X, this is a reporter Y. Like, it's just a different person, a different personality. Uh, but I think AMI has done a huge service to people, uh, you know, really getting us out there, putting us on screen and cutting through some of those uh, underrepresented, those depressing stats. What do you think, Ramya? Yeah, I, most definitely there are, uh, you know, pinpoints in all of our lives because the three of us here right now are employed and we can talk about maybe the the journey of finding employment or the stigmas we faced along the way or just even in our current positions, how we feel about being employed and do we feel like we're, you know, doing what we love or any of that stuff. But really what I'm starting to understand is um, over the stages of my life, I'm starting to understand that it is generations of stigma that we're battling, you know, in our own everyday lives and all these questions we're asking and all the stats that we're throwing out there and, you know, how how well we're doing or how poorly we're doing is based on so much history of disabled people just not existing, like existing in a horrible way. And that can be culturally, it can be here geographically, wherever it is that you're looking at, there's just 
so much to unpack in um, why we're still facing what we're facing. And it's going to be slow. It feels slow. Mm. It feels way slower than it needs to be or should be or could be. Um, but it, it is going to be slow because that's what we're, we're really dealing with, right? All the years and generations and and people and communities and stigmas of disability mm -hmm. and uh, you know, one day at a time, I guess, is uh, kind of sometimes what I have to say to myself. I want to talk more pretty much along the same lines of all this stuff, but in a different angle. Um, on Tuesday's show, we had social media influencer Kelsey Farrell join us to talk about her content and advocacy. And here's Kelsey talking about what she's doing to educate people. I think that when I started out, I had no idea. You're right. <laughs> what I was doing, um, but now I talk about the things that I experience as someone with a facial difference and a disability. I talk about my personal experiences um, in a way that I think, I hope, other people can um, kind of make them relate to um, and, and not only they can relate to, but maybe next time they're in that situation, they will know better what to do. Like I talk about when I'm out in public and I see someone staring at me or like people making comments, things like that. Um, I talk about my experience with that in hopes that other people, the next time that they see someone who looks different or says different or whatever, they will be more aware and they will be more aware of how mm. their um, actions can affect other people. I think that when I started out, I had no idea. So having Kelsey on the show, as well as others we've had on in the last couple of weeks, like Alexis Hilliard and other influencers, talking about the the ways that they hard approach advocacy. You know, just the way we use this platform to talk about super important uh, disability-related conversations. Um, these friends and guests on the show have done the same, are doing the same, and it really just paints a bigger picture for me. You know, like, when oftentimes when I say disability, I'm really just talking about my own lived experience. You know, I'm being super candid about that. It I'm talking about my lived low vision experience, and I've been low vision my entire life. So I am leaving out tons of people who also identify as maybe having low vision or uh, being blind, but have lost vision later in life or have gone through traumatic experiences losing their vision. I'm leaving out and excluding all these people because I'm talking about merely my own lived experience. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to really say uh, how grateful I am when I talk to people, other people who identify as being disabled and also other people who not just um, identify in my own spectrum of disability, which is blindness and low vision, but you know other disabilities. Because as she was explaining, as Kelsey was explaining, some of the things that she faces out on the streets, or um, you know, first responses, reactions, initial reactions to her disability that people have, it, it very much is thought provoking, and it very much leads you to think about you know how does that feel for somebody else? Because it's not necessarily. We talk a lot about empathy and about being able to relate, but it's not always like that. So you really do have to put aside your own biases, experiences, own ways of trying to empathize with someone and say, okay, yeah, this is a learning experience. This is something that I don't face as a person with disability and that somebody else does. And how can I further educate myself on experiences to them or people like them? Grant, I wanted to pass it over to you first. Yeah. Oh, social media is such an interesting one for me because, you know, I... I got to tell you that I'm not convinced that social media is always 100% positive. People mm -hmm. who know me sort of know that. And I have to say that when I read or maybe interact with people who have the same disability that I do on social media, I sometimes go like, mm, this isn't my perspective. Mm, I'm not really thrilled that they put this out there because this isn't really what I experience. You know, are people mm -hmm. going to think that maybe this is something I experience when I don't, you know, so I have a little bit of baggage uh, 
about that, but that really helps what you said about, you know, just putting aside yourself and that there, you know, people with disabilities are not a, a monolith. There are all kinds of different experiences, even across the same disability. Uh, and I think it is great really at the end of the day to get the underrepresented represented, especially people like the facial, yes. you know, difference community where their, their representation is really poor as it is. And it's, it's nice to, to have uh, folks like Kelsey out there being positive ambassadors. Really, Kelly? I really like learning, Grant, just as you said, about others. And sometimes I think it's good for centering myself because it's so easy with all the things we get, we go through, to kind of focus on, oh, what's bothering me today? Or, oh, boy, stuff is tough. Especially when you talk about accessibility and you're so centered on, well, as a blind person, we need this, this, and this. Well, what about that person in the wheelchair over there? Oh, gee, uh, I'm not sure. We better ask. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you, you delay on doing that and don't ask as quick. Grant, mm -hmm. always love having you on here. Love the perspective. We'll talk to you next week, man. Always a pleasure. Have a good weekend. Reporter Grant Hardy joining us for Cut for Time. Ramya and I will step aside for just a couple of moments. We'll return and take a look at what's coming up on the networks over the weekend and our show on Monday. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Man, a lot to recap. But first of all, check out the podcast, please. Subscribe using your favorite podcatcher. But from today's show, Ramya, I'm struggling. So please, go first. Pick a segment. Okay, well, if you want to know all about what Samsung's doing, um, I think these are CES-related products and things that have come out in the last couple of weeks, check out the app update with John Beeler. It was a very full segment with lots of different um, goings on. Samsung has their TV that you can now, they'll change the captions around for you if there's other text on screen. There was also the curved TV turned flat, turned curved again as with the click of a button. Uh, also some pucks and 3D printed vitamin pills. Just to add on to that. Yeah. It was uh, an interesting segment. We followed that up with a chat with Bill Shackleton today on The Buzz. Bill got into Red River cereal, which I've always loved, didn't know it went away for a while. We talked about that and got, of course, into textures, you know, why we don't like something. But really want to mention Ryan Huey's discussion with us, and it's that ongoing argument, boy, must be a great battle on social media pertaining using AI read audiobooks and the different perspectives people who are new to audiobooks and loving it mainstreamers or those of us in the low vision and blind community or print restricted community that have been utilizing them for all of our lives and what we think about this and the concerns about the narrators really great conversations today on the program subscribe using your favorite podcast platform thank you and while you're in there maybe give us a rating and review we got going on on the network this weekend, Ramya. Let's take Honest. a look here. Um, in the latest episode of The Pulse on AMI-audio, host Joita Guta discusses uh, uh, end-of-life planning, folks. She speaks to Sue Phillips, vice president of the End-of-Life uh, Doula Association of Canada, about why people should prepare for the dying process, the impact of expanding medical, uh, you know, um, and dying on the profession, of course, is what she gets into in discussing it and offers what it means to have a good death. She discusses that with Joita, The Pulse, weekly on AMI-audio at 1.30 p.m. on Thursdays. And it's also available on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. They always get into such deep discussions on The Pulse. Uh, Joita is a wonderful interviewer, so I'm sure you'll learn a lot from that segment. Um, also on the next one hour special episode of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv, hosts Stephen Scott and Marco Flalo are speaking with different brands about um, their latest technology that they're showcasing, showcasing and the impact that they have on the disability community. And this is from the Consumer Electronics Show 2023. You can catch Double Tap TV Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern or stream it anytime on ami Dot ca that's the website and of course you can go on the ami app for some fun uh content as well end of our second week folks thank you for being with us it's been a lot of fun uh steven though i'll go back there he'll be with us on on monday show won't he rum yeah 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 he's gonna be with us and there's gonna be more ces talk more everything talk 
there are so many different things and you start saying, you know, we don't want to sound redundant going on all these electronics, but it has expanded. And, and as we got the history from Michael a little while ago on the program, uh, I guess back on our first day, there's just so much that they're doing. So really appreciate what all of our tech guys are bringing to us. And it's a little beyond that. So it'll be interesting to hear Stephen uh, in our segment on Monday. Also on the program, the NFL will have just concluded their division round matchups. What teams will move on? Brock Richardson, he'll fill us in on our sports talk room. Yes, and Danielle McLaughlin is back for Know Your Rights. She's talking about how our government is deciding what to make a statutory holiday. Is there a benefit to the public when a public uh, holiday is declared? Or is it the opposite? Are we actually waning when we do this? Mm. Very interesting topic. I know we've kind of touched on it before with her. And of course, a country as uh, multi-diverse as Canada, it is a very interesting question. Yep. Ramya, enjoy your weekend. Thank you, Kels. You too. Folks, we're swinging open the gateway to your weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Always appreciate you being with us. Hopefully, you'll be back Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern when we kick the show off. But do me a favor, folks. Enjoy your weekend and get out of here, will ya? Hosts, Kelly McDonald and Ramia Amadan. Reporter, Grant Hart. Senior show producer, Matt Agnew. Producer, Jeff Ryman. Visual producer, Megan McGrath. Graphics, Andrew Antonello. Production assistant, Kingsley Juco. Control room operators, Daniel Penamondo, Eliza Rocco, Parker Oxtoby. Director, Anastasia Spaulding Stenthouse. Manager of live production, Paula Deneen. Manager of operations, Kyle Harper. Manager of AMI-audio, Andy Frank. Director of TV production, Kara Nye. Vice President, content development and production, John Melville. President and CEO, David Arrington. Give us your feedback, 1-866-509-4545. Copyright 2023, Accessible Media Inc. Hey guys, it's Jeff here, and I've been busy, busy, busy. Not just on a professional level, but more so on the personal level. Of course, on the professional front, the transition of Kelly and Company to now Kelly and Remya on TV, that is keeping me busy. Um, but more so on the personal front, of course, we just had the holidays and Christmas and New Year's. I think I went to like four or five different social gatherings over the course of the two-ish week span that we had off. So that was pretty hectic. And it continues into January. And the reason being is it's my wife Erin's birthday. Her birthday was just a couple days ago, but the celebrations continue basically all month long. Uh, we had a celebration with... My parents, so my side of the family, there's a celebration with her side of the family, with her parents and her sister and, and whatnot. There was her actual birthday where her and I just had a nice uh, dinner in. Then we have a friends gathering with all of our friends going out to a local bar. And then I want to take Aaron out as well for her birthday and that is going to probably extend almost into February. Basically every weekend in January has been a celebration of my wife Erin and you know what? Good for her. I mean it, it is fun. It's fun to get out and uh, celebrate these these beautiful times. So no complaints. Busy is good. Hi, I'm Red Sale inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.